Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYED 94.1 FM and WYEDonline.com, we're glad that you all could be here with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could be with us as well. I tell you, this year is really flying by. As many of you guys are hearing this broadcast, we're beginning the month of March saying goodbye to February. So I'm so excited to welcome our next guest back to our show. I'm talking about the one and only Tina Siemens. Tina is someone I've gotten to know through her book, Seminole, Some People Never Give Up, as well as The Little Sandals That Could. She also has a big 2023 coming up with a brand new project. I want to talk to her about the importance of history in her family and in her own life and what's been like for her to share history with others, not only through her books, but also through her upcoming museum as well. If you all are not staying connected with Tina, we'll let you know how to be able to do that too. But Tina, my friend, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you so much, Cyrus, for having me on. What an honor. I appreciate it. Look, I always enjoy speaking with you, uh, Tina, because there's always so much for us to talk about. <laughs> because since the last time you and I spoke, of course, you are now into the planning stage of a brand new project, which is a museum. We're going to talk briefly about that a little bit later. But as I was saying to you before we went on here, history is a big part of the month of March. It's recognized nationally as Women's History Month, really recognizing the achievements uh, of women in this country. I think it's so interesting, though, uh, Tina, to be able to speak with you because even in your own family, you've been able to share your own his family history with the world. What has that been like for you to not only to recognize the importance of history, but to share that history? Well, to me, history, if, if we don't talk about it, if we don't keep it alive to a certain point, not to, not to where we just dwell in history, but to, to incorporate that into our everyday lives, it just mm-hmm. enriches uh, our our day-to-day, and uh, so often history is being written off as, oh, that's boring, that's dates, that's events that no longer have any application in today's time, but that is where so many people get it wrong because history is so much of everything that we are today is because of history, and so if we know our history and make it applicable to today, then it really comes alive, and that has yeah. been the case for me. I, it has truly just, I'm reliving what my ancestors dreamt of, and I think we, as, especially here in America and around the world, uh, we can look back and apply what our ancestors went through, and it will truly enrich our lives. That is such a great point, Tina, and, and I, I love what you said about, of course, the importance of history. And I, and I think so many times, unfortunately, we don't realize that. So I want to ask you this question for our audience out there that may not really think too much about it. When did you realize the importance of that history? Was that something that early on was instilled in you from your family, or when did you personally realize the importance of history in your own life? I was about when I asked my grandma, she was uh, she had had a surgery. I don't know what type of surgery, but I was I went to her house, and this was still in Chihuahua, Mexico, 
And uh, I went and she was laying in her bed and I remember asking her things and especially about the two chairs, the wooden chairs of all things that were in her uh, bedroom there where she was lying in bed. I asked her, where did those chairs come from? And she said they were brought to Mexico from Canada. So I don't know what prompts me to ask that question, but something inside of me must have been at that early age, uh, whether it was just curiosity or whether it was truly uh, me wanting to know history. I don't know which, but I remember that conversation. And see, uh, that just sparked something inside of me that I wanted to know more. And I think it's also what uh, my dad was very much like that. So he instilled in me the love of history. And so as I grew, there were times in my uh, seasons in my life where I had babies and got married and jobs and all of that, where I didn't really pursue it. But the, I would say the last 20 years is when I really pursued it. And it has just enriched my life beyond measure. And now you're able to share that with the world, Tina, through your book, Seminole, as well as uh, the little sandals that could. And, you know, we've talked before about how you initially just wanted to be able to have this history for your family. But when did you realize, Tina, that it was bigger than just your family? Because I think a lot of times we don't realize how interconnected we are, or we forget maybe how interconnected all of us are. When did you realize that the history that was your family's history was something that other people could appreciate too? I think it was during the writing process. It was about a four-year process when I wrote Seminole. And I think it was during that time, early on in the book, when I thought, no, this is the story that I need to publish and uh, I need to share with the world. And when that thought came into even the writing process, changed courses because now I wasn't writing just to have a pamphlet or a manuscript in in my drawer somewhere or in my in my desk tucked away for hopefully one day my my family would pick that up or my family would appreciate that but when I when that clicked in my mind that this is something that I can share with the world that changed everything. And, and so it was really during the, the writing process of Seminole. Some people never give up. And now you have uh, Seminole out. As I mentioned, you had the little symbols that could. Talk to us about that experience in sharing, because I noticed this from our time, being able to know each other, Tina, and even to work together. You have really pushed outside of your comfort zone. Did you? How much? How much work did it take for you to to talk yourself into publishing the book and then wanting to talk about it? Sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> One on one, I have no problem. In fact, when when I was a teenager, uh, I had two very close friends, and we were considered the three stooges or the uh, three musketeers, the the girls that never stopped talking or giggling. That was my reputation as a teenager. That was just one on one. But then, when I would stand in front of a class, I would always like I taught Sunday school. Uh, in our local church since I was age 12. And mm-hmm. so I I loved sharing things, but it was never, it wasn't really pushed until I met you, Cyrus. 
you wow. you really pushed me out of my comfort zone and and did the Facebook lives and did the Facebook posts. So so it was really been the the world at our fingertips through social media hmm. uh, was was only that was only about two years ago when you and I first connected and it's it's absolutely uh, again it widened my perspective and uh, I've taken the blinders off and it is still a challenge today but I feel like I've come such a long way and I'm I'm very very happy for that. Uh, growth in my life right and and that and what an incredible journey it has been I know I mean for us both it's been great for me learning more about you um, as well as of course being able to then share um, your story with with our audience and also with the world uh, I want to say about encouragement I know a lot of times for me reading scripture can sometimes give us that encouragement to have someone talk about something we can connect with. I feel like history, like what you've been able to share, Tina, has that same effect to be able to inspire other people. Was that part of your hope, that people would look at the challenges your family went through, the things they were able to overcome, and to realize what they can come through as well? Absolutely, because so many of us, we we may think that we come from totally different backgrounds, totally different worlds, but when we concentrate on our similarities instead of our differences, we find that we are way more connected than than not. And uh, I think history is that because uh, history is something that that if we don't keep it alive, if we don't, uh, I've got a quote from uh, David H. F. that says a people that uh, does not know its history gives up on itself and is already on the way to disillusion. So we. If by keeping history alive, uh, we are doing the future generations, giving them a gift that that would completely be lost if we don't share what we've known. And yes, there's books and there's the there's the internet and all of that, but there's nothing like uh, hearing somebody else's story. And right. each one of us has a story to tell. And so if we keep that story to ourselves. We're doing the world a disfavor. So talking about it, sharing it is uh, is a gift for the next generation. Such a great point. I want to say for those who are just tuning in and on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. Excited to welcome back my friend Tina Siemens to our program today. Tina's the author of two books with more to come. The two books that are out now are seminal, Some People Never Give Up, as well as The Little Sounds That Could. But books are not the only way that Tina is able to share history. So, Tina, you made some news this year in sharing that you are embarking on a very big uh, project, an important project there in Texas, and that is opening up a museum. That is a huge achievement. So I want to talk about where the idea came from. Where did the idea for the museum come from? I think the love of uh, my history and uh, last uh, about a year and a half ago, I discovered the connection between my uh, the Mennonite uh, culture and the Comanche uh, nation culture, and that that was just such a huge uh, revelation to me that there was a connection there. And in in Seminole, the town that I live in, uh, has a huge part of the Comanche nation history with the last famous. Um, uh, 
Comanche Chief Quanah Parker. So when I discovered that connection, then I, I just thought, well, I've got to open up a museum or a, a place that people can come and sit down and look at, read books and, and hear me do a live uh, history lesson. And not only history, but then also preservation. Like we, uh, I want to do canning and I want to do baking lessons, quilting lessons. Uh, just the things to, to keep our cultures alive. Uh, so that the next generation knows what it took for for our ancestors to, to get through what they were going through at the time they and so giving these kinds of gifts as and knowledge gift of knowledge uh, to uh, the current generation is a big push for me to open up that museum because I've got the word living in in the title. Uh, which I will reveal next time what the title of the museum will be. But uh, the word yeah. living in the, in the title is not just looking in the backwards mirror, but looking at what can we do today to recreate the things that our ancestors did by, by actually having a piece of dough and, and forming that into a loaf of bread or uh, getting a, a quilting material and uh, cutting the squares and putting the quilt together. So it's not just uh, looking in books and in, in records, but actually doing hands-on. And so that, that's a very exciting prospect for me. And I think it will be received well in the community yeah. as well because uh, it's going to connect us in a living way. I love that. I love that. And that's such a great thing, again, always thinking about others and what can benefit others as well. And I love the fact, too, that you talk about it being hands-on. I think a lot of times when we think about museums and that kind of thing, Tina, you know, a lot of times we think about things you don't touch, you just look at. But I love the fact that you're able to make it something that people can be able to interact with as well. So I, I want to talk about the joy it brings you because I know for myself as we're celebrating 20 years of the radio show this year, I have such joy in being able to have conversations like this, to connect with people like yourself, Tina, to be able to connect with our audience around the world. Talk to us about the joy you feel in being able to share this history and to be able to lead by example, Tina. How does that make you feel? It, it, it truly gives joy because if you are doing what, what God created you to do in life, and that's we so many people say, well, I don't know what I was created. Look inside of you and see what interests do you have. And then you'll find your gift that was given to you. And once you do that gift, that interest, then that is, you're going to be natural at it. And that is what it is uh, with this history and this writing and this uh, opening up the museum and demonstrating uh, how to make a a good beef broth uh, from scratch and, and baking a bread or, or quilting or sewing. That is, when you get into those things, then you will find the joy. And that is such a fulfillment in life, knowing that at the end of the day, somebody else's life was enriched by, by the gift that you were given. And so I think yeah. just looking in, in the interest that you have, pursue that interest, whatever that may be, uh, and it doesn't have to be on a big scale. It can be uh, 
social media one-on-one or a phone call one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just discover your gift and uh, pursue that. That's the, that's what brings me the joy. That is such a great – I'm so glad you said that, Tina, because I think that is the other thing. I think so many times people think it has to be some big thing. But I think the thing that a lot of times people miss is that everything starts small. Uh, that's one of the, the quotes that Jeff Bezos says all the time, big things start small. And I think it really reminds us the importance of starting where you are and being able to grow and expand from there. That's exactly what I can say I've had the privilege of doing and what I know Tina's been able to do in growing and amplifying her uh, base and voice as well. And it definitely works, I think, for everyone else too. But again, it all begins with that decision for sure. So um, I want to ask you on behalf of our audience here, Tina, uh, fear is one of the things I've had to deal with. We all wonder, okay, when we think about our assignment that we've been given, can we do it? You know, do we have what it takes to pull this off? You know, what you know, what is it going to be like? How do you not allow that fear and doubt to stop you? Well, it does creep in, uh, especially when you're uh, meditating or when you're in, in your quiet time of the day. Then, mm-hmm. then that does creep in. But allow yourself to think that you're going to put, give it a hundred percent, and if it doesn't, that uh, that if it doesn't work out, that you will find another avenue, or this this might have to close down. Give yourself that grace uh, before yeah. you start. That if it doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to be. And so I think for me, that has uh, that has really released me from from the fear of if it doesn't work out, I'll I'll find a different way until until something does work and i think that's the that's the main thing of conquering fear is giving yourself the grace that you're going to put in 100% and if that's not what it will take then it will be okay too exactly Exactly. Such a great point. Tina, what a great thing. So I want to ask you, I've talked to you before about your family, namely your grandchildren, and I'm always bringing them up because you allow us to be able to see them in your book. How does that feel to know what you're leaving behind for them? Just like you were shared, as you mentioned here, at a young age, asking questions about a chair. How does it feel now to be able to be that person for them, for your grandchildren? It is awesome. We uh, we had the privilege of all all moving to the same area, uh, so on the same farm, living living close by, having them come by and just stop in for for a drink or or a snack, uh, and I'll take these moments to just instill in them whatever they like. I'll always let them lead whatever their conversation is. I will put in a plug of what has been and how we can do it now. Or if I'm working on a project, I'll be enthusiastic about that current project so that they will just feel that if Oma, that's what they call me, Oma is the grandma in German. If Oma can feel happy about that, well, then, then the, it's like a forest fire. It, it ignites in them that, that same little interest. And if they will pursue it or not, I don't know, but they will at least be equipped with the knowledge, and that will be a huge gift. 
It definitely is. Just like you have been a gift to us, Tina, and we appreciate you so much. Again, everyone, Tina Siemens has been our guest, the author of Seminole, Some People Never Give Up, as well as The Little Sandals That Could, also talking with us about her big project this year um, that is opening up a museum. A lot of great things happening in Tina's life, a lot of great things she's able to share, and a great example she's able to share with all of us as well about what one person can do when they're able to make a decision, have the faith, and not give up. So, Tina, appreciate this conversation with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? They can reach out to me via email at seminolthebook at uh, gmail.com or on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, would love to hear from you. All right. Well, Tina, again, it's always a pleasure. So glad to have you and looking forward to our next conversation together. I appreciate your time and uh, wishing everyone that's listening a blessed day. Same to you, Tina. Thank you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank you as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And it's going to make today amazing. Take care.